96.1 FMLP Bold People's Revolutionary Radio This is JV and you are listening to Free Aslan So today's show I have a co-host, uh, Joe Welcome to the show, Joe Hello, how are you doing, JV? Oh, very, very well um, Thank you for joining us on Free Aslan Thank you for having me and um, today we have a special guest, Lori Valdez. Um, Lori um, started the Justice for Josiah. Uh, thank you uh, for joining us today, Lori. Thank you for having me on today. Thank you. And, and in Lori's story, like so many others, um, you know, that we keep hearing about, um, is one, you know, that revolves around big terror you know it's it's uh, it's hard to describe it as any other way police brutality you know unarmed people being you know shot and killed by the police you know these are people who are employed uh and supposed to protect the community and you know basically they're going around and basically um people are are, are dying at the hands of their uh, of these police you know it's, it's horrible so Lori, you know, I came across Lori, um, you know, about a year ago, and I've worked with Lori before. Uh, I love Lori, you know, I love her strength. I love um, her de determination to seek justice for what happened to her, you know, her husband, her loved one, Antonio. And, you know, and so I, I think that her story... Um, you know, is very powerful, her strength and her resistance to this injustice. And, you know, I think it inspires a lot of the community. And um, she's a powerful figure uh, within the Chicano Nation. And so, Lori, um, can you tell us about Justice for Josiah and why it was created? What happened, uh, what events happened in order to create Justice for Josiah? Okay, well, Justice for Josiah came to be as a result of his father um, being shot in the back twice by San Jose State University police officers. Um, he shot him in the back twice on February 21st, 2014, when Josiah was only four years old. And um, the reason I put it Justice for Josiah because... Um, there's no justice for Antonio. He's gone from this world. There never could be justice because we can't bring him back. And um, the kind of father Antonio was that he always put his, you know, the kids before himself. And the fact that Mijo was going to have to grow up without him, he'd want me to fight to make sure his son was okay without him and to make sure he felt safe and that he wasn't ever going to have to worry about him not being there for his son, you know? Yeah. So that's why I named it just for Josiah because um, since that time, um, Josiah was only four. He's, um, he suffered trauma from it. Like, you know, he had to see at, at a very young age, four years old, he had to see his dad's lifeless body in a coffin. You know, he called it back then a box. Why is my dad in this box? You know, I remember having to take him to see his dad in, in the coffin before, in the memorial we had here in San Jose before Antonio was sent to Nayarit, Mexico, where he was laid to rest over there where he was from. Um, 
it was the hardest thing for a mother to have to do and to have a little four-year-old asking you all these questions you don't even know how to answer to him because he's not really going to even comprehend them it was just the worst thing and against my better judgment to let him see his father like that um his pediatrician said it was to his benefit that he does see it because even though he doesn't understand death that he'll remember he saw his dad in that box that he called it and so he won't think his dad um, abandoned him or didn't love him but he knows that his dad couldn't be here because he was laying in that box you know and um, as time's gone on it's almost going on five years in February um, you know we had that uh, we opened we filed a civil lawsuit case and of course you know Jeff Rosen from Santa Clara County 15 months of investigation and he came up with a it was a justified shooting Hmm. which San Jose wow. PD did the investigation because San Jose UPD, they were they were out of jurisdiction when they shot Antonio. He was on city streets. He wasn't on the campus. So they shot him on city streets, so San Jose PD took over the investigation. And, of course, there was body cameras that never got revealed. There's information on the case that has never been revealed because they right away put our case on a gag order once they knew that I had come forward because I didn't come forward right away. I came forward like a week after they killed Antonio. And it was only because such negativity and so many lies were being said about Antonio. And I just felt it was my duty as, you know, my son's mother is to defend his dad's honor and his reputation because that's not who he was because I didn't want my son to grow up and read all these horrible things that people were saying and believe it to be true. I wanted to let my son know that mom's going to fight because that's not who your dad was, and we're going to do what we can. And he would ask me, Mom, are you going to put the cops on timeout? And I would say, yes, baby, I'm going to put them on timeout. I'm going to do whatever it takes, you know, for what they did. But it's, you know, the system is very, very corrupt. And, you know, a lot of the people who play into this, even my attorney, you know, my attorney was a Latino attorney, and I... He sold me out. He was the one that agreed to the gag order wow. with the officer's attorneys behind my back without me knowing. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, it, it's been an uphill bad. I mean, it's overwhelming because I'm fighting all these people who think they're right for covering it up, but I know the truth. The witnesses that I spoke with told me the truth, and they both said the same thing, and, you know, those are the witnesses that nobody ever interviewed or they're not part of the police thing. But, you know, they can't cover it up. I know who Antonio was and they know they wouldn't have put everything on a gag order if it was true what they said. Like the videos, you know. Right. Nobody's ever seen them. They put them on a gag order. There was two. They both had cam um, body cameras. And mm. I remember three days after they shot him, I went to San Jose PD and I spoke with Raul Martinez, who was the homicide detective, and asked them, you know, I heard there was cameras, and I had two of Antonio's sisters with me who only spoke Spanish, and um, I asked them, you know, how, how do we find out information? Because, you know, this is all new to me. Right. Um, we want to know where's his, you know, like, where's his belongings? Like, where's the videos? We want to see what really happened, you know, who, what's going on. Mm. And um, he just reassured me that, yeah, there was two body camera videos, and that he saw them, but he turned them over to the DA, and that's, until the investigation's over, and that's up to the DA to decide, mm -hmm. right? So he told me there was two, and that he had some. 
And I told, and I asked him, I remember asking him, I told him, did they even try to do CPR on him or did they try to save his life, right? He said, yes. He goes, yeah. He goes, the officers tried to help, you know, save him, but they even did it without gloves on. I said, so you have pictures of their bloody hands that they tried to do that, that they didn't have gloves on? And, you know, like, and I said that just because I want to see, you know, not because I didn't trust them at that point, because I really wanted to yeah. believe that they were going to do what they're supposed to. Yeah. And as time went on, every time I kept calling, you know, he gave me his number. So every time I called, they would like, he wouldn't answer or it would go to his voicemail, which it said his voicemail wasn't set up, so it wouldn't take a message. And right. so, um, so then after as time went on, I got really upset because I, I needed answers, right? And my son was crying all the time. He was crying for his dad and crying for his dad. And, and it was hard for me because he would wake up screaming and, and mm. I'd get mad because it was hurting me because I, there's nothing in this world I could do to take that pain away. I can't bring his dad back and I can't mm. fix what's, you know, the trauma yeah. they caused. And I can't fix that pain he has. Mm. And it made me feel so helpless that that anger and the hurt that I seen in my son, the anger I was feeling because my son was hurting was the driving force that made me say, no, screw this. You guys want to say because Antonio was undocumented, he shouldn't have been here and you guys don't want, believe that you're going to waste your time. But you know what? There's a little boy. He had a son and he has to grow up without his dad. He has to grow up with the trauma you've caused. He has to grow up in fear and his sense of safety and without a dad because of what you guys did and you guys don't want to offer any kind of help to him and nobody in this county is trauma informed taught to deal with police violence so basically my son is screwed if i don't advocate for him so yeah. you know i've been advocating yeah. for him like at school since he started tk right. you know i have to let the teachers know this is what happens and he's traumatized and you know tk yeah, i didn't have to send him so when he would shut down i wouldn't send him to school but once it became like in kindergarten when you have to send them or you get in trouble or they want to, you know, send you district attorney for not sending your kids to school and all that, Yeah, I would send them. But I made sure that the teachers knew this is what happened. My son is traumatized. I do not want you guys to punish him because he shuts down or acts out because he is going to do it. He's hurt. He's scared. He's traumatized. Right. And if you don't know what trauma is, I, I, I want to let you know that you will not make my son feel like he's bad for hurting you're either going to learn to help him heal or you're going to call me so i could pick him up so he doesn't do something in you know from that trauma he doesn't get triggered and he like pushes somebody or hits somebody because you guys right away call the police to try to make a report and that'll traumatize him more and that ain't happening so you know i've been consistent with letting this every year telling the teacher email all the teachers, all the family, all the parents in this class and let them know about Josiah. So, you know, it's yeah. been, he's in third grade now. So it's, it's been a, a, a journey that I've been making sure because, you know, um, Josiah does have this sense of, uh, he doesn't trust most adults and he feels Absolutely. uncomfortable like with yeah. his teachers. He had to feel comfortable before he was even feeling safe at school with them. You know, mm. like last year, I think was the first teacher that he liked right from the get-go and um it didn't you know he didn't take a long time to warm up to her yeah and then she went on maternity leave like two months later and then they had to get a substitute teacher and that was like oh my god you know so yeah. i had to make sure the substitute teacher knew and i had to keep you know josiah and, that, and that's gonna go on yeah and that's gonna go on the rest of his life Lori, because 
you know, trauma lives within all of us, and, and we've all uh, suffered trauma in different ways. And um, I, I think of people looking to the prisons. Most people, um, you know, they all of them probably have suffered trauma, and and this is and this is the situation we're in. But when it comes to the police, you know, um, they were giving you the one runaround. I think because this is. This is what they do, you know, they, they, they make loopholes and they go around it and none of them are held accountable and they're, they're just, you know, they basically have a license to kill, you know, I don't know how else to put it, but it's just, you know, they could basically go down the street, take someone out and nothing happens to them. It's almost like organized crime, these police officers, you know, yeah. as a matter of fact, I think it is organized crime, but, you know, so, you know, it, it's, it's a horrible situation, um, that um that is, is is happening but you know yeah. so i'm curious and it is, it is, it's scary because you know a lot of the kids that you know they want to call these kids at risk i really cannot stand that that concept of people calling kids at risk they're not at risk these kids that are hurting they're traumatized they're dealing with a lot so of issues we, yeah uh, we need right? to learn how to help them heal and stop punishing them for right. hurting so i'm curious to save them uh, Lori, as uh, the ulti victim, ultimate victim, your son, Josiah, what help has he received after dealing with all these issues? Well, we ha when it first happened, we had um, uh, Kadango, which, and uh, Phelps used to come here to my house um, once a week and work with him and with me, but mostly with him to kind of get him to express his feelings, like, you know, with colors of like she would play a fish game with him and, mm -hmm. and she gained his trust because it was done in my house. So it was yes. safety for him. But then he maxed out, like when he turned five, yeah. he maxed out of that program. That's a first so five program, I right? had him in counseling at his school, right? Mm -hmm. him. And so he, it was like through the Bill Wilson Center. And mm -hmm. so um, I would talk to the, you know, the counselor, therapist, whatever, and tell her, this is what he went through. I want, you know, like, this is what I want you to work with him because he had a bad, but it was like it seemed to me like they didn't communicate with me um like the year before right and so last year josiah refused to go to counseling and i said but you need it papa because you're still crying you still shut down he talks i think my son has talked more about dying to see his dad than any child should ever have to and i know that there's well, a lot of kids that no child should have to talk about their so father being their gone and that's not healthy no child should wish they could they should, they want to die, yeah. or like my son says, I want the cops to kill me so I could see my dad, wow. you know, like, yeah. that hurts me. because As a I mother, that's devastating. Mm. Yeah, and so, you know, it's like, it, it's it's really hard, so when Josiah didn't want to go last year, and this is what I'm saying, is that the, the system, it already traumatized him, but then if we have people that are incompetent don't understand the magnitude of the police violence and trauma in the aftermath, mm -hmm. it's going to do more damage, so... He had a counselor that she never communicated with me, and I would try to say, like, what are you working? Because I would notice he would come home after he would see her a certain way, like he wasn't, you know, his normal self. He'd come home real quiet, and then he'd fall asleep. And so I always give him his space. When he's ready, he would tell me. So I told him last year when he was going to start again, he goes, I don't want to. And I says, you need to talk to me and tell me why, because you need help, and I need you to be okay because you're falling behind in your reading and he because he tells me his brain is filled 
with too many thoughts of his dad, he can't concentrate, mm. you know? Mm. People don't realize, like, his dad is there. He, he doesn't want to forget his dad. And, no. you know, he only had four short years with him. So wow. there were so many more memories to be made. And the few he has, he's trying to hold on to them, and he cannot concentrate. And yeah. he feels like he doesn't, that the teacher is a certain way, and he doesn't trust her. He won't ask for help. So... He has fallen behind, you know, oh, like sure. in his reading, because he tells me, and I tell the teachers, you just need to be patient with him. Don't pressure him, because, you know, yeah. you don't know what the trauma has done, and now his school this year, they're... Well, I'm sure his confidence in all systems have been... His confidence in all those systems have has been eroded with what he's been through. It's all that trauma. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any um, confidence in those authority figures anymore. And then especially when there's a therapist, this is what happened. So when he finally told me, because I said, okay, if you don't share with me why you don't want to go, you're going to have to go, Papa. He says, I don't want to go to that lady because she tells me, don't cry. I don't want to hear you cry and come talking about your dad. I don't want to see none of that. You need to get over it already and let's talk about something else. So she was silencing my son. She was telling him when he cried or when he was talking about his dad, his feelings weren't validated. She didn't want to see it. And wow. that really, oh, that, that made invalidates me so his angry, feelings. you know. I wanted yeah. to hurt her after he told me that. But I let a few days go to calm myself wow. down. And then I called the school and dealt with it. And I got her fired. But still, can you imagine how oh many kids this God. lady worked with yeah. and yeah. said the same thing to? How many kids were traumatized more wow. by what she said? Because... Yeah. She's still there, you know? And, and let me ask you, Lori, was she, and I, I'm, I don't know, I'm I just curious, was she, this woman Rasa? No, she was a, um, a gringa. She was a, oh, a white lady. Okay, no no surprise, <laughs> but okay. Right. So, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, we're going to take a short break, Lori, and we're going to okay. play a, a song real quick and just stay on the line, and we'll be right back. We're going to listen to uh, a cool little song real quick. Okay, okay, thank you, Lori.
Okay, so this is KEXU 96.1 FMLP, Paul People's Revolutionary Radio. I'm JV. You're listening to Free Aslan. I have my co-host Joe here, and we're speaking to our special guest, Lori Valdez. Lori, are, are you there? Yes. Okay, and, and you know, you spoke before we went on break. You talked about how, you know, um, the police were kind of giving you the runaround you know, they just, they, were, they weren't bringing justice to the situation. We know that police aren't here to bring us justice. They're basically here to protect the state and their own interests and uh, big business and capital and all that stuff. So, and, you know, we can't rely really on the courts, even though that's one of the few weapons we have at this stage. You know, we, we have to use the courts and we do use the courts. Um, but we know the courts are on the side of the state. We know that, you know, the laws are framed in a way that benefit the state and us people in the communities. Um, the laws are basically created uh, to work against us. Things like three strikes, the immigration laws, everything uh, is, is used to work against us. Even media, you know, we don't hear about this story uh, we never heard about justice for Josiah on the evening news. We never heard, you know, we're not hearing it on the big talk radios. We're not hearing that. So this is why it's important for us to, as oppressed nations people, uh, particularly uh, those from the Chicano Nation, that to create our own independent institutions, radio, media, um, all of that, newspapers, in order to get the word out of what's going on in our community because nobody else cares. And if they did care, we would see this on the front page of other newspapers, and it's not. So, um, you know, but it's going to be on the front page of our newspaper, and it's going to be on the radio of our programs, and it's going to be on our independent institutions. You know, even when you look at things like CNN, recently uh, just fired uh, Mark Lamont Hill because he spoke in favor of the Palestinians, you know, at the UN, you know, and, and all he said was that the Palestinian people deserve equal rights and CNN fired him. So this just goes to show that we can't, um, you know, trust, uh, we can't put our trust and hopes into the, the mainstream media, into the state, into the courts. Um, you know, but, you know, we have to use every weapon we could. And unfortunately, laws are one of them. And, you know, um, I recently spoke with you about a couple of new laws of bills that were um, going up on the ballot that, that may help in this situation. Can you uh, talk to the viewer, to the listeners uh, about these SB, um, these bills that were, were coming up? Um, yeah, so um, SB 1421 um, last year in the Senate, um, from March until the end of September, um, families from the Bay Area, a lot of the Latino, mostly the Latino families were out in Sacramento meeting with legislators and letting them know how important it was, and it was everybody's right in California to know the conduct of these officers that are being employed in California, because California is the deadliest state. Wow. Um, out of all the states, okay? We have the highest amount of killings by our California officers, and that is because we they have laws in California that are uh, haven't been changed since 1872. Wow. That allow, and they're That's the most crazy. secretive laws that protect these police officers. So we, we not only, I've, you know, during this time, we have to learn 
we have to educate our community because a lot of the community doesn't realize these laws are outdated. But not only that, there's the police officers' bill of rights that also protects them. So we need to chop away at the state level and at our local levels, and we need to make changes happen through legislation. This year, I was with other families, Latino families from around California. We pushed these bills. We met with legislators, local and at the state. We met with senators that were, you know, authors of these bills. And um, by the grace of God and all our persistence and our determination, we got two bills to get passed and signed into law. So um, that's SB 1421, which is the right to know, to know all the misconduct, sexual, domestic violence, any kind of discipline, whatever. Right now, if you were to ask a Freedom of Information Act for those records, an officer, you can't get them. That wow. is part of the secrecy laws back from 1872. So now, now it's a law. Come January 1st, any officer who is involved in anything misconduct, if a, fam- if a person wants to request and see their conduct, a pattern of conduct, or like any kind of discipline, that's going to be available to the public now. You're going to have to, you know, file it. So, and then there was another bill, which was the AB 748, which was the body cam of the bill, which put a restriction where, like right now, our case has been on a gag order, and the body camera videos have never been released in going on five years. This law will make it happen that the, the, the body camera videos have to be released within 45 days unless it's under an investigation or certain special circumstances. But they have to release it to the family and the public within 45 days. Right now in California, there's no law that says it. It's up to the district attorney at his discretion to hold on to that. And it's part of that secrecy law Mm -hmm. of 1872. So now Mm -hmm. we have two bills that will help open up stuff that we never knew before and hopefully get the information but we still have the the a bill that was taken off that legislation which was ab 931 which was the use of force bill mm-hmm. and they pulled it off of legislation the senator uh pro tem because on the assembly floor there wasn't enough support and what that meant was that that a lot of the latino legislation that's on in Sacramento, they didn't feel that the Latino community was being affected by police violence, so they didn't support the bill. Oh, wow. And that's the not a surprise. Legis- yeah, the black legislation, yeah. And it's disgusting. These are it's Latino disgusting. men. These are, yeah. are supposed to represent us, okay? But they're We're getting it from the jails. Yeah, they're also... They're getting it on the streets and at the border. So and, how is the Latino community not being affected by police? Well, these yeah. are also what some call Tio Tomases, <laughs> you know, the Chicano Uncle Tom. So, you know, and, and you know, they're, they're just um, basically sellouts. And this yeah. is horrible. It's, it's disgusting, as you said. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Okay. So um, I'm curious. So... How can we get the word out to help out more with these littlest victims like your son? You know, how can we make sure that this doesn't continue to happen for our children in our communities? Well, that that's the thing is that people aren't aware, you know, like we need to. Well, I have a Justice for Josiah page and I'm okay. right now collaborating with um, some organizations to 
try to um, you know amplify, but also to help these kids. There's no nothing in the in the Santa Clara County in the Bay Area that mm-hmm. offers anything to our children. There's nothing, no kind of trauma informed supporters, nothing. I want to make sure that these kids are, and I, I have been being a, a big voice for them because mm-hmm. it's not just my son. There's all these children yes. who are hurting and nobody's caring because this is what I've been told. When I've asked somebody to support me and they know my son and they, you know, like they see it and I'll show videos of my son crying and I'll show them the paper, like stuff that he's done, right? And I keep it for record to show people. I'm not yes. messing, I'm not playing, I'm not making this shit up. This is reality, and this is reality for a lot of children. Yeah. That they have told me it is too political to get involved. So, basically, people are saying children suffering in the aftermath of police trauma is too political to address because it makes too many wow. people feel uncomfortable. Well, so and that's that's I'm what we need to do is make them feel uncomfortable. We need to make them feel uncomfortable because these children are uncomfortable every day, right? They're dealing with all of these issues. And then it just makes more trauma in the community as they get older, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we see them acting out with uh, continued unfair treatment in the schools when they do act out. And then they're labeled as problem kids later on as well. But not only that, children... Who assume who are brainwashed, who believe it? Like my son Josiah, kids will ask him, "Just so how come we don't see your dad?" You know, and he'll say, "My dad, you know, was killed by the police." And kids have told my son, "Your dad must have been a bad person because ki- cops yeah. only kill bad people." And you know, my they son just don't know. offended, and he says, "No, my dad wasn't a bad person. He just spoke Mexican, which he meant Spanish, yeah. right?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, that's, the, and that, and that's the thing. It's 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 a crime to be brown nowadays. Yeah. You know, it's a well for a long time, but um, yeah, it, and it's sad that it's trickling down into our children's and how their lives are going to be affected f- from now on. And and and, uh, and another thing is, people are conditioned. You know, our people are conditioned. Um, basically, and when I say conditioned, that's a polite word for brainwashed. You <laughs> yeah. Know? And the thing is, when they send our kids to these schools, these public schools, they're basically brainwashed camps where our children learn that the police are the, you know, ever-present, good-natured people looking out for our community. And that's a form of brainwashing because we know that that's not true. It's not true in our community. And, you know, it's just, it's, and so these kids, when they're telling Josiah that, you know, um, the police only kill bad people, that just shows it's a, a prime example of the conditioning that our children are getting mm-hmm. in the schools, you know, and in the media and on television. Well. <laughs> and at home as well, because a lot of parents are conditioned and brainwashed, mm-hmm. and the grandparents and great-grandparents, so mm-hmm. this has gone uh, across generations, and this is why it's very important that people like you uh, create these organizations and also that we have this independent media so that, you know, our children can listen and they can get real news, real facts, real history, uh, you know, and, and not the brainwashed stuff that's uh, spewing out of these pub, so-called public schools in these camps that um, our children are forced to go to or, or go media. or be put in jail. You know, if our kids don't go to these schools, they get put in jail. So, you know, it's it's horrible that, um, you know, these children would do that to Josiah and so many other children. But um, luckily, Josiah has a strong mother like you and 
you know, you've been a, a, a prime example. I would say, strong you know, voice. a strong presence in our community, uh, you know, and you're, you're a very strong, uh, powerful, beautiful brown woman. I'm very proud to call you my friend. Um, I, you know, I, I see you standing up to the police. I see you not um, allowing what happened to Antonio to be swept under the rug. You continue to fight. You're an example to your children. Your children are growing up seeing their mother stand up to the state, to the pigs, to everybody. And she's not giving up. And you're a prime example to the Chicano nation on what occurs once our people are murdered by the state, what you should do, how you should organize, and how you should never give up. Yes. So, you know, I just want to commend you, uh, Lori, you thank know, you. you're a powerful presence and, you know, I, I thank you um, for being, um, you know, uh, on our show today. Thank you again um, for having me on the show and, and um, allowing me to, to hear your message, Lori, about justice for Josiah and um, hopefully you will get justice for Josiah and Antonio one day. Absolutely. And and can you tell our viewers, uh, Lori, um, you know, we want to give our viewers, I know that there was a lawsuit. The lawsuit was denied as is expected by the courts. You know, when I say courts, I spell courts with three K's in front of it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you know, so because it was denied in the courts, um, you know, it's still open. It could be taken up. Uh, any lawyer or anybody who knows a lawyer, a progressive lawyer, revolutionary lawyer, any lawyer who just seeks justice, who's, uh, you know, not, you know, in it for to fatten his pocketbook, but a real lawyer, people's lawyer. Justice. Yeah, that, you know, they want to they may want to come and they heard your story or anybody who's listening, who knows a lawyer. Um, you know, is there any, where's the contact information? How can they get a hold of you and, and the Justice for Josiah uh, organization? Well, I have a Justice for Josiah page on Facebook. And you also could go to the web pages, Justice for, the number four, and then Josiah.org. Or you can email me at sixcrazykids at gmail.com. <laughs> And it's six the um, c r z e k i d z at gmail dot com. Um, I want to let everybody know that this weekend I'm going I'm having um, my second annual special Christmas from Heaven, which is um, children who lost their fathers to police violence will be coming. I got you know the children are sponsored from people organizations in the community. We have a day where all the children who lost a father comes and we eat together we give them a gift on behalf of their angel father and um we you know we say a prayer for the children and and we just um let them know that you know they're not forgotten these kids deserve to be happy while the police officers who took destroyed their families are happy with their family now they have a whole family of about, you know, like a bunch of us now that yeah. a family. Like last year, I had 27 kids attend. Wow. That's great. And this year, this year, it's 72. Wow. 72 so we want to make sure victims. that those 72 kids are have everything that they want from those fathers that they're missing or those significant um, others that they're missing from their lives. 
So if there's anybody out there that wants to donate and help out with this um, beautiful uh, thing that she's doing, uh, Christmas from Heaven, just reach out to her at Justice Josiah. And what was your uh, Gmail address again? Um, the number six, um, C-R-Z-E-K-I-D-Z at gmail.com. Excellent. Thank you. And, and Lori, before we go, is there any last words you would like to say to that mother and to that child that just lost a loved one, a father or another loved one uh, at the hands of, uh, of the pigs and just, you know, and, and they may be suffering, they have no justice, they are, you know, sitting there thinking nobody cares and they don't know what to do. What, what kind of words of encouragement and, and, and words of empowerment uh, would you like to give this, 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 these mothers and these children and these, um, these people who have lost their loved ones at the hands of the pigs? Well, I would like to tell them that they're not alone. And there are a bunch of families that, they, you know, we're a big family now, connected not by blood but by the tragedy and that um, no family will walk alone. So if they ever want, you know, they're feeling alone, they want to talk to somebody, they can reach me on my Just for Josiah page, and I'll call them back, whatever. Most of the families do know that they have my number, and if they're ever feeling down and it's getting overwhelming, um, they can call me any time of night, you know. It's like we have to be there for each other. But I want the community to know we need our mothers, we need the children, to. we need to bring um, attention to the children suffering and we need to because right now we're doing another bill that's going to go to legislation which is the AB 931 and we need to put the pressure on the legislation the Latino legislators and let them know this ain't okay these are our kids you're going to either vote and you're going to help us pass this bill or we're going to get you out and to let the families know you you have rights your children are suffering you have rights in the school too Advocate for your child. Don't let them treat your child like they're bad and let them know it is their responsibility to make sure every child learns. And if a child is traumatized, it is their responsibility to get training good enough so they can learn how to help heal them instead of punish these children. Don't allow the school to make your kids feel like not worthy of healing. They need to help heal them, and they need to be an advocate also and stand up for these children, too, because that is their responsibility. They are mandated reporters, and when one child suffers, they all suffer. So Absolutely. Just don't never stop fighting. It's hard. I know it's hard, but we can do it if we stick together and we let our children's voices be heard. They're not going to stay in the shadow suffering just to make other people comfortable. Absolutely. That was very well said, uh, Lori. And, you know, I thank you once more for, you you know, blessing us on this show with your presence and your power. And um, and I look forward to continuing to fight and struggle with you um, as we move forward into the future. So thank you for being on the show, Lori. Yeah, try to come by uh, to the party on on Saturday. It's from 2 to 5.30 at St. Paul's United Methodist Church on um, at 405 South 10th Street. You could come by and, and you can donate some, like a tray of food or something. Just come so you can see the children, so you can see how many children. You'll People will be amazed. A lot of the children are Latino children, and that's what needs to be seen. 
these children can't be invisible no more. They need to be seen, and our community needs to start embracing them and stop ignoring them because the police said their father was this or that. These children are innocent, and we need to protect them. Absolutely. Well said, and um, stop ignoring brown people. Perfect. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, 96.1 KEXU uh, FM. You are listening to Poll People's Revolutionary Radio on the dial in East Oakland and streaming live on the web on www.poormagazine.org slash radio. And this is JV and my co-host Joe. Uh, and you are listening to Free Aslan. Joe, thank you for being a co-host Thank you today. for having me. Absolutely. And it was a beautiful show. And uh, we'll see you next week, Tuesday at 8. Good night. Thank you. Good night, sister.